take what works and leave the rest. That is one of my favorite sayings that I've heard from um, my uh, counselors, my healers, because um, what I've come to learn and from their guidance is the tools and techniques that they give us and even the work that I give in the Expert's Guide to Therapeutic Journaling, these are all possible roadmaps, but the real journey is the one that works best for you. And I know that we go into the state, and I'm, I'm, I've been guilty of this, where um, we we like to have someone else tell us what the roadmap should be, right? And we and we like having the comfort of like, okay, if I follow these steps, um, then I'm gonna get to where I want to go. Um, and that process is great. But what really accelerates that process, what really makes the work uh, become the outcome we desire is by paying attention to ourselves and trust. I'm very grateful for all the healers and counselors I've had to show and share with me different methods, different techniques that I'm able to um, work through for whatever variety of problems I'm trying to solve or the outcomes I'm trying to create in my life. and. That saying, um, I remember the first person that ever said it to me was uh, one of my spiritual mentors, uh, Shannon Scott, and she said, take what works for you and leave the F in rest. And it was just like this kind of double take because you're not really expecting uh, healers and counselors to to say, well, maybe swear, but also just be um, that truth of and and gritty almost. It's um it's really refreshing. I love working with people like that. I think uh, people that work with me, um, know I work in that st um state of mind as well. Um, because the biggest thing that I love about helping other people, the biggest hope um and see people receive from the the work that I do and uh, the Experts Guide to Therapeutic Journaling, is they learn how to trust themselves. All that I want to do is empower you to trust yourself because we all have a power in us. We all have a system in ourselves that is able to tell us exactly what we want, exactly what we're creating. And 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 yes, we need those processes. Um, we it's people, it's great to access all of those resources so that we can implement a plan that works best for us. And so what I actually was realizing today was I was in that same state of remembering that I can trust myself and that uh, not every process is going to work for me. But what's powerful about me, what I have control of is I can slightly adapt it to any way I need to, to get the best results. So one of the things I've been working on today is um, I've been creating um, a sort of a planner that um, tackles both my personal goals and my business goals. And what I found really, really interesting was um, part of the planning is I do 90-day uh, targets and then 30-day targets, which turns into weekly and dailies. And I was starting to get really overwhelmed and confused because um, what I noticed after taking a break was that when I wrote down what I could do for the 90 days, I wrote down like every single thing into like such detail because that's how my mind works um so when i went into the 30 days i was confused because it would say like i would have like 20 things on the 90s day list and the way the process worked was like okay i got to move that over into the 30 days and then my 30 day list and then i have to write more for each of those 20 things that seems weird and i get really confused about well um i don't like know what 
I'm supposed to write more in here. I think this is very, very clear to me. Um, and especially with um, uh, creating it for the business side, that was also um, one of my fears is, oh gosh, am I gonna, it might be clear to me, but is it gonna be as clear as it possibly can for the people that I'm working with? Um, so thankfully we are all communicators. So that'll be wonderful to double check with my team of like, Hey, um, these, uh, tasks that I, um, like you to do, is this clear? Are the objectives clear? Um, how else can I support you and help you and make this as, um, you know, uh, as stupid free as possible. Um, and then on the personal side, right? Um, what's really amazing. It's like, okay, well, I know what this means. I'm doing the process. I'm getting very, this is great. Um, and so what I did was realize, okay, so if I wrote down like a 20 list thing here, why don't I examine this list and see like, what are, what's a theme and make that like break down, um, the sec break it down into themes and then transfer that over into my 30 day goals. So it's really interesting because yeah, I wrote down really specific things. Um, but like three to five of them were actually like compiled into one. And so then by the end, I took this 20, um, 20 like things I could do and they were really five things or five themes or five targets. Um, and then I was like, okay, so that's a target. That's a target. Now I'm going to pick out of these five, which one's the one that I really feel like most important to work on. Maybe they're all actually compiled into one. Um, uh, and, and what is that going to be? So for example, um, it was, um, the one I was working on, there was one on, and I had a few different things in there, um, because, I don't know if many people know this about me, probably not, um, but as a biracial, bisexual, pansexual woman, I um, have a, a lot of work I do with uh, my identity, uh, racial identity, um, uh, sexual identity, um, and even what I find interesting is my uh, gender representation identity. Um, I'm not 100% sure on all the terminology. I'm actually um, still kind of learning more about that. But I identify as a woman. Um, and a friend uh, explained it to me so well, and I wish I had her um, their words um, to, to come back to me now, um, just about like how, uh, how we present ourselves at, um, uh, and the fluidity of that, or the fluidity, fluidity that can be there. Uh, so for example, um, I identify as a woman, but I like to have like feminine and masculine attire or, or looks and stuff. And so what I've been finding is this sort of imbalance recently with just, um, um, a bit of my external confidence. Cause there's, there's, um, there's a whole, a couple things packed in there. One is this idea that, um, you know, of dominance and nurturing, and then how that gets kind of psychologically portrayed for myself externally when either I feel cool or sexy. It's it's uh, something I'm like unpacking, going deeper into. So one of the things I decided, I'm like, okay, this is actually a very important issue for me because um, I, I have gone through a whole journey of building external self-confidence. And um, so one of the things I did was like, okay, well, what was like a shining moment for me where I felt like I was, I had external self-confidence. And I thought back to when I was in grade 10 and I bought these zebra printed boots and I would totally show them to you right now, but they're in the crawl space and I'm not taking guys on that journey. It's just, it's just, that's just not happening. Um, and um, so the, so these zebra printed boots, it was just one of those things where 
Um, like when I was in high school, I wore turtlenecks like all year round and I was really antisocial. I didn't know how to socialize and um, I was always like concerned um, and worried about spending money because my parents um, were are immigrants to Canada and we always talked about finances. So I didn't even like want to buy new bras and things like that. I was just like, I just didn't want to be a reason for and more money and um even if it was reasonable like clothing is reasonable um and we can all go into a debate about that sometime but um uh, that made me have a weird relationship with external confidence because um on the inside it was interesting like having this feeling of like yes i love myself um but i I also don't really feel like I project that outside. Um, and this is gonna relate to like, do what works for you and leave the F and rest. Um, and so what worked for me was when I was at, um, I think we were in Terrace for a Drama Zones competition. So it was with my theater group and um, we went shopping with a few friends and I found these boots and I was just like, I was in love. It was just like instant zing. That chemistry was there. I'm like, I'm going to wear these. Like, I love them. And, and I bought them and I still have them because I still love them. I don't wear them anymore. I found other shoes and other things to love. Um, but I keep them because they just make me so happy. And they remind me of this time where I had, where the first like strong feeling of external confidence and where I got momentum to be able to, uh, create this balance of my perspective of my uh gender representation or presentation and how i like present myself and feel confident and and not hide and truly be seen um so um i wonder if you're going right now if that if you can there that's what that is um and um uh so when i was reflecting on that and putting this into the planner and and thinking about like okay what we're and like what really works for me, I, I was able to identify, okay, I know what it feels like to have just like instant full-blown confidence, not care about what anyone else thinks because of these zebra printed boots. So I'm, I'm trying to regain that sense of um, confidence and that same feeling for different aspects um, for myself. I think um, my, my dreadlocks when I had them were a huge, huge part of that. Uh, so now without them, I'm finding as I'm growing my hair out, I'm having, I'm having this same sort of um, conflicting perspective instead of it being this um, external, like, it is related to external confidence. Um, and at that time, it was more, um, when it was in high school, it was more of an anti-social aspect. And this is more of a, a, a gender representation. So it's a really interesting journey to go through and see, okay, this is what I'm working on. Um, so I, so one of the um, things I did was start researching uh, different short hairstyles and um, see what one work, uh, which ones are making me feel in balance with my... Um, masculine and feminine side because for me i feel like what what really comes at the heart of it is this idea that um you know when i access my masculine side it's about um confidence and being 
being um, having like a strong hold to be um, protective and um, to be safe and take care of myself. And so when I access my nurturing side, my feminine side, there's also this um, um, what comes at that energy for me is uh, being able to be uh, fluid and um, compassionate and and there's so many there's strengths in both of those areas and and so what I find when I'm um, interacting with certain people depending on how what which is really interesting my perception or projection of their energy will sometimes make me lean to or the other so I'll start to feel like I need to exercise my more masculine need to exercise my more feminine self so um in this planning process i was like okay i'm going to make it my goal where instead of this feeling like a spectrum i want it to feel like a whole and and not to um judge myself and instead invite curiosity when i notice like oh okay i'm really accessing my masculine side right now and what's going on there or i'm really accessing my feminine side and what's going on there and again even getting into um deeper like i know for myself there's times where i've gotten judgmental um towards myself if i've gone on to uh, my how do i word it my negative perception of um femininity where say it lands on a more submissive side and that and that activates something in me where i'm just like oh i don't like this uh, and so i overcompensate through a masculine um presentation whether that's in my clothing or my hair or or just the way i talk and so it's been a really interesting process and throughout all of that it really has come down to looking at what works for me to identify all of this so that I can implement the action plan I want to to be able to come into that harmony, come into this wholeness and and have the results I'm looking for, have the feeling I'm looking for of balance and harmony within myself and externally as well. Um, and so I feel like this is really important to share both on the side of if you're someone that is like me who loves doing self-growth work, loves accessing whole and sometimes can get caught up in, I would say for myself, like a perfectionism on um, making sure you hit all the dots and cross off all the T's and, you know, make all the check marks and stuff. It's always good to like download ourselves and breathe in that we can trust ourselves to identify the processes that work best for us. That's huge, it's huge work. And if you're someone that also resonates with um, my story on confidence and, and how we access our masculine and feminine sides to be able to honestly um, feel strength and feel um, safety and feel like we are protecting ourselves in certain situations like we it's all like wraps around confidence um, I, I hope that that sharing that story allows you to also see how you can again go back to this place of accessing trust in yourself to see what works for you and leave the rest so that you can accelerate yourself to the goals and the results that you want. How does that sound? Pretty cool, hey?
Awesome. All right. If you haven't already, you guys should get your free copy of the Expert's Guide to Therapeutic Journaling. You can get it at beliefbreakers.com. Uh, it's been lovely chatting with you today. I hope you're enjoying some sunshine in your life. We've got some lovely sun coming out here now. There's mama. Say hi, mama. Hi. <laughs> and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Mwah.